Hello and welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. Each one of us holds great potential, and tapping into that potential is my passion and my mission. Shock Your Potential is a global leadership training company dedicated to creating positive, productive, and profitable workplaces. We develop, nurture, train, and guide leaders at all levels and at all points in their career. Through this podcast, I get to interview amazing leaders who are shocking their own potential and the potential of those around them. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. And don't forget to check out my two best-selling books, Tell Me More, How to Ask the Right Questions and Get the Most Out of Your Employees, and Sales Mixology, Why the Most Potent Sales and Customer Experiences Follow a Recipe for Success. Join us now as we meet another great guest. And don't forget, subscribe, rate, and like us today. You know, the side hustle room is so exciting to me because I get to talk with entrepreneurs who are doing amazing things and often things that I could never do, but I love to live vicariously through them. And joining me today from the beautiful sunshine, well, I don't know if it's a sunshine state. What is this? What is California? Is it the sunshine state? It's a golden state, I think. A golden state. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> there you go. So joining me from the Golden State is a friend of mine who actually I met when she was still living in New Jersey. And then for some ungodly reason, she decided she needed to pick up and move across the country. Uh, hello. I don't have to. And that might be the sunshine. <laughs> right. So, you know, I cannot wait to learn more about all the things you're doing. I know some things, a few things, but not everything. So joining me today is Lynn Holman Quayle, and she is uh, like completely artistic and like so energetic and, oh my God, I can't wait to see all the things that we learned from you. So Lynn, thank you for joining me in the side hustle room. You're very welcome. It's my pleasure. <laughs> so this, you, I hope this, I little tidbits of information. I'm sure we will. The Side Hustle Room is really about bringing people together who have, uh, you know, that are enjoying a side hustle, um, who maybe are thinking about a side hustle, and some of them have made their side hustle into a full-time gig, some are hoping to, and some just enjoy it for a little extra spending money. Just, you know, it all depends. We have kind of the mixture here. But I really wanted this to be a part of the app where we highlight entrepreneurs and say, you know, what made you do this? And what made you want to try and, and pursue this? And you know, what are your ultimate goals with it? So I know you do a number of things. So first of all, just tell me a little bit about all the different side hustles that you have going. Okay. Well, my husband laughs all the time because I am, I am theoretically retired. I was a physical education teacher for 30 years um, in New Jersey. And when I retired, we moved out here to California. And, but yet he, he says I'm busier now than I was when I was teaching um, because I just have gotten into so many different things. I guess I've always been this way my whole life. Um, I, get, I, you, I love your words, the side hustle, because it's, it is, it's, it's kind of how I've run my life. You know, the, since, since leaving my parents' house when I was uh, 18 to go to college, 
um, I've been on my own ever since then. So being a teacher, when you're a first year teacher, you don't make a lot of money. So you have nope. to figure out how to make ends meet. So, you know, my mom was a seamstress and my grandmother's one crocheted and one knitted. And so I learned some skills when I was a kid that, you know, at the time I didn't see any benefit in, but then when I needed money, I always fell back on those skills to then be able to make money to make ends meet. Um, I remember one year when I was an early young teacher, I wasn't making a lot of money. I had my own apartment, was trying to figure out how to make the bills. And we had a, um, a snowstorm. It was in March and it was a snowstorm and I still needed to make my bills. So I started making dog bandanas, sewing dog bandanas and selling dog bandanas to be able to make money to pay my bills. And I was selling them in the most unusual places. And, it, and I, the most unusual, it was right around the year 2000. And the most unusual one was there was a, um, a gay um, group of men in Edison, New Jersey that were having a Y2K party, but they were all Jewish. So they wanted bandanas for their dogs that would reflect Y2K being Jewish and all this. So I have all these leftover bandanas right now that on one side have Y2K stuff on the other side have the Jewish, you know, menorahs and, you know, Hanukkah stuff all over it and everything. It was hysterical, but that was where I started with making these little side jobs and making money, making money to pay my bills, you know, to make ends meet and having fun with it at the same time. That is amazing. And you still have the bandanas today. I love it. I do. I do. I still have a, a number of them that didn't sell. I still have them. And it's like, okay, so they're a novelty item. They're not going to be sold anywhere else at this point. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But it was fun. I mean, that's kind of the way that all of my other little endeavors have started. Um, I have an Etsy store now. Um, and I, basically what I'm selling on there are paint, little painted rocks that look like, oh, I should have brought one to the interview. Um, they look like little bugs, little critters, and you put them in your garden. And I, I don't charge a lot of money for them because it's more about making people smile. But since, ironically, since this quarantine, I have sold over a hundred dollars in stupid rocks, you know, because people, I guess, are looking at these things on the internet and, but it's my spending money. Yeah. I also collect bottles and cans out here in California because you get CRV, you get the cash return value on them. So I collect bottles and cans from all my neighbors. And I also teach fitness classes to children with disabilities, primarily autism. And this, that's how I fund my classes, how I buy the equipment for them to be able to do what they do. I teach senior citizens the same way. So they save all their bottles and cans for me. And it's just, so it's all about figuring out how to make money easy, you know, like with just a little bit of effort, but turning it into something very productive. So. Well, and something else that you have done, and I actually should pull it down because I have it. I'll, I'll take a picture of it and put it in, you know, this folder, but you made me the most amazing, like, I, I call it a mail carrier bag just because it's, yeah, like a page boy bag or something that you made what you crocheted out of a grocery, plastic grocery bags. I mean, just. 
Yeah, actually last year, I don't know if I told you this or not, but last year I actually took, uh, I forget now, I believe it was somewhere in the neighborhood of 290 plastic bags I used and I crocheted a dress. And it's like a full wedding gown kind of dress. And I was in a fashion show here in Escondido, California, that it was called um, Recycled Material Runways event. And I made an entire dress out of uh, ShopRite bags, the bright yellow grocery bags. And um, that, was, uh, that was amazing. It's still hanging in my closet right now because I'm not sure what to do with it. But I mean, yeah. you know, so that was just for fun. But yeah, I made do the messenger bag. I've made some other people small bags out of plastic they call it plarn but it's just my brain just wants to learn things I look up on YouTube and I learn how to do something and I do it you know <laughs> most of the time not for money but if I can make a little bit of money for spending money it's fun uh you know I'd love to see I hope you have pictures do you have pictures of yourself modeling the dress in the uh in the fashion show yeah absolutely yes and they had um uh, college students from a nearby um, community college who came and did our makeup and our hair and they braided my hair like the you know, Bo Derek with like all the little tiny braids and I had it, it took hours to do my hair and makeup just for this fashion show it was really fun that is it's amazing because you know you really do look at these things as how they are continuing to evolve maybe as product or, you know, you know, the rocks can become painted that go into your garden. So there's an evolution. The bags can become a, a you know, a, a purse or could become a dress. Um, I know you were showing me right before your chair that you have behind you that you painted. <laughs> yes. And I do, I go to thrift stores and I pick things up like that, like pieces of furniture that people have discarded and I find a way to, you know, paint them or fix them up and, and I've sold some of them and I've given some of them away and I, you know, I've made a water fountain out of a satellite dish and it just, <laughs> it's all about just letting your brain just have fun, you know, and if you can make a little money off of it, it is fun. It could get into a full-time job, you know, most definitely it could be mm. a full-time job. Taking other people's trash and making it into recycled pieces of art and um you know it allows it allows me to just kind of release the creative part in me that i had as a teacher for but i was teaching physical education you know so i was creative with my lesson plans but this is just a whole new world well and to think that you know you're funding also by your projects yeah you may have a little spending money but you are also funding really important projects. To take something and say, hey, I'm gonna collect bottles and cans and use that to fund the effort for exercise programs for seniors and autistic children. I mean, those really are amazing. That's another way of kind of recycle, reuse, repurpose, you know, that impacts greater than just an original product. It really it impacts the greater community. Right, and it, and it is, I mean, it, to me, it's like found money. You know, because people are, most people don't want to do the CRVs. They put it in their recycle bin and then they, the garbage man takes that and they make the money. Um, but it's, if, as long as you're willing to put in a little extra physical labor work, you know, it's like free money. And then you end up, you know, what I can give 
to, because I give the kids and the seniors their own equipment. So you know, for me to be able to give that stuff to them, and it's not coming out of my pocket, you know, it's right. just a little bit of extra elbow grease on my part. So, so, so now that you are retired, <laughs> I say with jest, <laughs> and you found this new <laughs> career, I guess, you know, what, doing these things, having this time now to you know, have an outlet for your creative and artistic abilities on a greater scale. Because I know you did it when you were still teaching, but at this level now, not being confined by that, you know, what kind of difference does that make to you both personally and, you know, professionally, meaning professionally, how you see yourself, how you saw yourself and how you're evolving to, you know, what you're doing today? That's a really great question because personally, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a giver. <laughs> I've always been a giver. And, you know, even when I wasn't making a lot of money teaching, you know, there were still ways in which I would find ways to still continue to be a giver. Because I think it's, it's part of the connecting as human beings with each other, you know, it's, 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 and that's what our real purpose is here in life. You know, it's, we're not all individuals just running around bumping into each other, you know, we're here for each other. And so doing things like this has enabled me to be able to continue to be connected that way to many other people. Um, professionally, I think you know, for a long time when I finished teaching, when I retired from teaching, I went through a, a really dark period where I was trying to figure out, okay, so who am I now? You know, because you grow up, you know, you go through school. 12 years of school, you go to college, I went to master's, got my master's degree, you know, I kept going on, and then I taught for 30 years, and it's like, all of a sudden, school's not in my picture anymore, and it's just this whole, well, who am I? So, you know, allowing the creativity to, to come out, and then getting more involved in all these other little side things, as you call them, um, has really professionally given me my next chapter. You know, it's, it's allowed me to continue giving um, with that, even on a retired income, <laughs> you know, yeah. do it. So. Well, and it's, it's a really good point because, um, you know, people who retire or maybe have a job loss or, you know, a layoff or, you know, that there's this sense of who am I if I can't say what I do? Oh, yeah. And I think that it's really important for us as human beings to recognize that we are not what we do. That is one part of who we are, but it is not all of who we are. And I, I remember um, it was a couple years ago. Uh, so my husband goes to, there's a couple conferences that uh, annual conferences that we go to, I go to with him every year because in that business environment there, you're expected to bring your spouse. And it's mostly a male dominated industry. And so most of the spouses are women, 99% of the spouses are women. And so, you know, there's activities for the men, you know, <laughs> that are part of the thing. And there's activities for the spouses, which are all, you know, female driven, which is fine. It's, it's enjoyable. I love it. I love this. But um, about a year and a half ago, we were at one of them and I was meeting a couple of women for the first time and they said, oh, do you work outside of the home? And I thought, wow, I mean, it was such a weird question because most, I'm always used to people saying, oh, hi, what do you do? 
you know, and I go, oh, and I can talk about what I do, but I'm like, work outside the home. And I, I'm thinking, I've got grandchildren. You're like, I'm not, I'm not, I've never been a stay at home mom, but I mean, which is great. I wish I would have been able to, but it was all of a sudden this distinction of, well, who am I realizing that almost all the women in that room stayed home, raised their kids. Now they're still helping raise their grandkids and that's their life and that's their definition. And I went, wow, it just was a great reminder for me to never make assumptions about anyone, but to not put that same pressure on ourselves that you have to be A or B in order to be you, you can have so many different facets. So, you know, I can understand why when you retired, there's a sense of, well, who am I? Because you know, for all those years, when people say, hi, what do you do? You could say, I'm a teacher. And then what do you say? I'm a retired teacher or whatever. So how do you answer that now? If you meet somebody and they say, hey, what do you do? How do you answer it now? Oh, I'm a free spirit. <laughs> I'm just a free spirit. It's just, it's, I am whatever I want to be today. You know, it's, it's, uh, yeah. And, and it's funny because I am that quintessential, however you say that word. I love it, but I can never say it. Um, the, the person who like, is really hard to nail down. Who am I these days? Um, mm -hmm. because I'm totally surprising people, you know, I can, I can cook like, like I love to cook, you know, I love to do the arts and crafts. I also, you know, do these amazing workouts with people. And so I've got all these many facets going on and it's, it's hard for anybody to pigeonhole me in, in one thing or another, you know, it just, people keep saying, wow, you just keep surprising me with the things that you do. And it's like, because I'm more, I'm able to experience more of myself. I'm not locked into a job, you know, that's right. the great thing about not being retired. I mean, or about being retired at this point, because I'm yeah. not into one role. I'm all, I'm all over the place. I love it. I love it. And it, it is such a great way to just continue to find what you enjoy and pursue it. And then if you get bored with that, pursue something else and continue to, to find new things about yourself that give you joy. And, I, and, and then one thing that I hope that most people can get from this conversation with you is I, I think I could have done more of these little side hustle things with my creativity when I was still teaching. And because I, I, I wasn't married yet and I did still live alone. And, you know, there's a lot of free time. I spent it with, I had um, part-time jobs. So I was always working doing part-time jobs, but I was always doing for other people and never giving myself time to be able to celebrate my own skills, um, which I think is what really brings life into all of us. It's just really experiencing what you're good at. You know, we're all good, at, you know, most of us are good at work, but there's other things we're good at as well. So just giving yourself the chance to be able to ex explore some of those things and take the risk and know that sometimes you're going to be good at things and sometimes you're not. You know? Right. That's a really great statement to realize that there are a lot of people that are doing other things to help supplement their income, but maybe not doing something that would really fulfill them internally as well as still give them that paycheck. Right. I mean, and, I've, and, and being that I was a teacher, I always wanted to be a teacher. And for me, that was a very incredibly fulfilling job, just knowing what I was doing my whole professional career. Um, but, but there's another, there's other parts within us that, because we are multifaceted. 
and it's and it's allowing yourself the freedom to be able to explore those and it's scary at first you know because you're not sure you're going to be able to do it but um, yeah kind of start playing with things and experimenting and the next thing you know you're you're into it you know and you'd rather do that than read a book or watch a movie on tv so and i think you know now given the fact in this um you know kind of post-covid world or you know world that is becoming post-covid is that we're we're learning that there's so many things that we can do that we never thought of before and as you were you know as i was reflecting on even you creating that um, bag for me i was thinking about a friend of mine who loves to knit and crochet and so i'm thinking wouldn't that be fun i mean just like there's online exercise classes because i know you're doing that with your people you know until they can get back together physically but not that you have to give everything away for free. I mean, I think the next evolution of this is, you know, something like you say, hey, I could teach 10 people how to do this and I'm gonna charge them $5 a class or $10 a class and do it virtually. And there's so much more that we'd never thought possible because we couldn't dream it until we were forced into a different way of operating. And now I think, you know, it's, it's like, you know, as we were talking before we started taping, you know, with my app, Uh, for the business, something I've wanted to do. I thought I knew how I wanted to do it. I thought I had some right ideas. And then all of a sudden, when my entire income stream for my business shut down because I couldn't get on an airplane, I thought, okay, well, now's the time I'll finish the app. And over the last hundred days, my creativity on it just went out the roof. I came up with things that I would have never thought about, except for the fact that I knew I still wanted to reach a lot of people. I still wanted to keep my business thriving and I had to do it differently. And like, I wake myself up 14 times a night with like a new idea of how to make this work. And I never would have had it before. <laughs> and, and that to me, that's, that's tapping into that creative part of you, the thinking out of the box. I mean, I think um, the way that we've been raised is, you know, you, you go to school, you get out of school, you get a job, you stay in the job, you do the job the way the job is set up. And, you know, we, this, as much as this shelter in place, COVID-19 has just like really disrupted a lot of things in life. I think it's given a lot of us a whole lot of gifts as far as how to look at things differently. Um, you know, and it, it has enhanced what you're doing. It's given you a different way of looking at meeting the needs that you wanted to meet. You know, same thing with my online video classes. The first month of the shelter in place, I was so depressed because I was like, I don't like seeing myself on video. I don't want to do this. I don't, I don't have a place. I've got my husband here working full time. I've got my niece in the house working full time. I don't, I don't have a place that I can go and exercise. So I started exercising in the sunroom that we have. And we got a lot of rain, the, the, the room flooded. So then I'm like, oh, I lost my space. What am I gonna do? So I set myself up on the patio outside under a beach umbrella with a tiny little, you know, like just little steps in each week, adding on to the point to like right now, this week I built myself a, a workout platform. So now I'm not working out on the cement anymore on a rubber mat. I've got a platform to be gentle on my joints. So each week it was creating something more to add to the experience to make it even better. And now I don't really care if I go back into a gym again. 
um, because I'm very happy doing things the way I'm doing it now. But three months ago, I was like kicking and screaming, like, this is it again. I, how do I define myself again? You know, and it's all about just that waking up in the middle of the night with the excitement of creativity. You know, I, there's times I don't go to bed at night because I'm creating something and I don't want to stop, you know, yeah. it's, it's that, that to me is life. That's, that's the passion in life. And it's, uh, you know, I wish everybody can have an opportunity to feel that in their life as you have through this COVID-19. So, yeah. And I, thank you. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, as long, the more we remember out of any kind of challenge that we can make something more out of it. And, uh, you know, as long as we open our minds to it. So it, it's about the way, way we look at it. Yep, and being willing to redefine yourself or redefine how you do things. You know, one of the other things I'm doing right now is I'm working with a neighbor who, he had a stroke eight years ago. He's 82, and then he fell in February and he fractured uh, one of his lumbar, his lumbar vertebrae, and so life is kind of like shut down even more, and he kind of just gave up and said, that's it. You know, I just want to die. So his wife was at her wit's end, and she said, you think you can come work with him? So I've been working with him now about five weeks and it's just every day I go to his house for a half an hour and it, it's all about redefining his life. You know, your life is not going to be the way it was before, but how can we redefine this? So every day he gets little bits of happiness to the point where I walk in now and he's fully dressed, his hair's combed, he's got a big smile on his face and he's ready to go. Five weeks ago, he wasn't, but it was all about just redefining your life, you know, redefining how you want it to be. And that's the great thing about us. We can, we can do that. And Amen. you can make a U-turn anytime you want, you know? I, I love it. Loud. I think that's a great concept. Yes. Yes. We can definitely, we don't hit brick walls. We just make U-turns or turns. <laughs> we or yeah, exactly. Exactly. And not feel bad about what you tried and didn't work because right. everything's a learning experience, you know? Everything. So, so I, I agree. And I know, and we're, we're getting near the end. So I want to, two things. Number one, we will have all your contact information for people to follow, but if they want to, you know, see some of the things you have, your painted rocks and other goodies, uh, tell us how we find your Etsy store. On Etsy, my Etsy store is, it's all one word, made and sold, S-O-U-L-E-D, by Lynn. And it's uh, Goods for Good. That's the name of my store, the whole made and sold by Lynn. Um, and I, I don't really have a lot. I have some uh, creative little pieces of um, uh, clothing that I've put together. Like I've started doing that now, sewing bits and pieces of different pieces of clothing the rocks. I have hats, uh, crocheted hats. I have anything little that I've made extra. I just throw it on there. Um, it's not, again, not to make me millions of dollars and put me in the next tax bracket, it's just to have some, you know, so that's, that's really the way that you can find me. If you live locally and you want to learn how to make sauerkraut, I have sauerkraut making classes that I charge like $5 to come to. So, um, you know, because out here in California, we do things like that, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. I want to come make sauerkraut. <laughs> so I'll teach you how to do it. I got a potter that makes the crocs and it's, it, and it, it, they're just, it's just amazing. It's so much fun. 
Oh my goodness. You are amazing. You are a Renaissance woman without a doubt. That, I've heard that before too. <laughs> hey, by the, before I, and before I forget, I want to know, maybe you can crochet with the garbage bags, a bucket hat, and then have um, piece, uh, parts of beer cans in it. And I'll have to show you a picture of what I'm talking about. If you haven't, if you can't. From the 70s. They yeah, from the 70s. Yes. Yes. I definitely could do that. Okay, good. I need one. What kind of beer cans you want? It doesn't matter. <laughs> and you want yarn, do you want yarn or do you want plastic from like plastic bags? I don't know. It could be either or. But my husband has a whole uh, fun thing that they do with their family at the lake. And they used to have one of those beer can hats. And I kept telling him, I'm going to find somebody to do one. And I, as you're talking, I'm like, yep, I can do it for you. If he, if he has a picture from way back when with somebody wearing that hat, I can try and recreate the same hat. Yes. <laughs> so pretty cool. So send me, I'll send you a picture of my, uh, my dress, my, my plastic dress. Excellent. So my last question is this. What is the most important lesson you have learned as being an entrepreneur? Hmm. Well, not to be afraid to make mistakes because, you know, you don't go into this knowing what you're doing. You know, you just, you, a lot of times you're just shooting from the hip. And if it works, great. If it doesn't work, you know, look, look into, just keep trying, just keep trying different things. Um, and also if you've got something small, like, because for a long time, I was very humble. I was like, oh, I'm not getting an Etsy store. Nobody will buy my stuff, you know? And like, then I finally did it. And then ugh, people are like, I, every day I'm getting these notices saying, so-and-so liked your store, you know, it's like my store. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's all about knowing that, if, having that internal feeling that something that you're doing is valuable, not only for me, but for other people as well. And to be able to share that is great, but don't be afraid to make mistakes because it's, you're not going to do it right the first time. I'll guarantee it. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> because you don't want to give up, you know, just keep trying and think out of the box and don't be afraid to brainstorm with other people as well. You know, yeah. like can hat. we were just brainstorming, you know, don't be afraid to brainstorm. And brainstorm with other people that will give help you get fresh perspectives. You know, I, it's so important. Even if it's somebody that you don't think has a clue of what you're talking about, because their perspective, you know, brings a totally different dimension to everything you're trying to do. So now don't be afraid to make mistakes and just go for it. I love it. Well, thank you so much, my friend. It's been a pleasure having you. Thank you for asking me to do this with you. Absolutely. And we will keep following your story. Okay. Good luck in your endeavor. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and like our podcast. And for more information, find us at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com.